It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's time to get working on our chores here at Wax 104.5. You've got Jill here to help you out. Bob is enjoying the sunshine and getting his tan down in Hawaii. So we're back at it. We're going to keep the boat afloat up here. And uh, he'll be back the end of the month and into February before he comes back. So that's that's kind of what's going on. Um, the roads seem to have cleared out pretty nicely over yesterday. I know my roads dried off a bit. The sun helped out, and that makes driving in so much more convenient. Um, and, and Kristen likes to give you the animal count. Well, I'll give you the animal count today. I had one. One possum that didn't make it across the road and never will make it across the road. And I had a deer that was on the edge of the interstate. I'm not sure what their thought process was, but I was just happy that it stayed over there in the ditch and didn't come and meet me. We've got a busy morning this morning. We're going to be talking about fed cattle markets. And we're going to talk about a major milestone with Corn Belt Ports. You know, ports on the Mississippi River haul an awful lot of grain down to Louisiana. And we have uh, one just in December that was recognized as a national port. And I think that's pretty interesting to uh, learn that they see the value of those ports in the Mississippi moving the grain and products down the river as much as we do. And this one, they figure it's going to with they're going to measure how much product goes through it and it's going to go have as much as the port of Miami. So just think about that. The port of Miami takes stuff like to Europe and all around the world and to Africa and and this one in central or in Wisconsin. It's a uh, Lock and Dam above Lock and Dam 10 on the Mississippi River is going to be having handling as many as much product as they are. And I always talk about events happening and the Wisconsin Junior Hosting Association convention happened just this last weekend. So we're going to do a little bit of a recap of members around our area and and how they did and and uh, I had uh, somebody out there I reached out to and they gave me some information so I'm going to share that information with you. And a little later in the program, we're going to be hearing from Charity. She got together with Bobby Wilson at the Wisconsin Farmers Union Convention, and they talked about Dairy Together. And it's really, Dairy Together is a dairy revitalization plan. And we'll find out what they have to say. Well, we need to get on with some chores and get stuff going here. So that's what we're going to do. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here's some information that we always go through. The weather. Temperature today, or temperature in Eau Claire right now is 31. And that's actually the high for today. So we're not going to get a lot of movement on our temperature out there. But we're supposed to be partly sunny tonight, 26. Tomorrow, 34, partly sunny. And then there's a chance of some kind of precipitation in the morning. Depends on the temperature and how it flows in. Um, 
Mike Dandrea was talking, rain or snow. I'm hoping it's snow instead of rain because that seems to sit a lot better. Tomorrow night, 25. Thursday, 28 and breezy. Friday, 25, mostly sunny. Saturday, 30, partly sunny. And Sunday, 34 and partly sunny. So we're actually above the average temperature for right now. And we're going to kind of hold steady a little bit above. But we will learn more from Mike Dandrea later on in the show. It's time to get on over to some national news. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about eating local and a way to find out where to find that information. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Around 90% of Californians are under a flood watch. That means more than 34 million people are facing flood risks as torrential downpours and powerful winds continue to hit the state. In parts of central and southern California, the parade of cyclones has triggered flooding, mudslides, and debris flow. The National Weather Service is warning residents to prepare for power outages and dangerous driving conditions. House Republicans have adopted a rules package following last week's historic speaker vote. Brian Shook explains. It passed along party lines in a 220 to 213 vote and will now govern how the chamber operates for the next two years. Monday's vote was related to concessions newly elected Speaker Kevin McCarthy made to conservative lawmakers who were staunchly opposed to his candidacy. Some critics argue McCarthy gave up too much of the Speaker's power to hardline Republicans. The Georgia Bulldogs are the champions of college football for the second straight year. They blew out TCU in Monday's college football playoff national title game in Southern California 65-7. It completes a 15-0 season for the Bulldogs, who become the first team to repeat since Alabama in 2011 and 2012. TCU finishes the season 13-2. At least 100 deaths are now linked to the recalled Fisher-Price Rock and Play Sleepers. Lisa Taylor has the story. The Consumer Product Safety Commission said there were reports that infants were rolling from their back onto their stomach or side when not restrained in the seat. The agency added Fisher-Price noted it was unable to confirm the circumstances of some of those incidents. I'm Lisa Taylor. And the newest COVID booster shot by Pfizer significantly reduces hospitalizations in older patients. That's according to an Israeli study. It found that the Omicron-targeted vaccine found an 81% drop in those 65 and over going to the hospital. As compared to those who had two vaccinations, but not this booster. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And I just had the, my trucker buddy John on, and he said he's heading into Minnesota. And he said the roads have been not too bad, and but he's keeping it between the ditches. Travel on. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Temperatures around the area. As I said before, Eau Claire sitting here at 31, Medford 25, Rice Lake 30, Wausau 27 in fog, Green Bay 33 in fog, Marshfield 27 in fog, La Crosse 28, Madison fog and 30, and Milwaukee 35 and cloudy. So it looks like it's a little bit cloudier. I was happy to drive in this morning without the fog hitting me. Yesterday was kind of rough and I know Kristen said she drove underneath the fog. Well, by the time I came in, the fog was all around me. So it, it today it looks a little bit better for our area, but it is foggy around us. So pay attention. Keep those lights on. Put on your driving lights and uh, be safe. And today our weather, we're supposed to be about steady for our temperatures, staying right at 
31. Our normal high is in the 20s, so that's kind of balmy right now. And we've got to get through these chores. And up next is our markets. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's time to get started with our markets. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to start with our Midwest markets and our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 147.5 to 161.5 with mixed at 135 to 146.5. Choice fed beef heifers are 148 to 159, with mixed ones at 134.5 to 147.5. Choice fed Holstein steers are 132 to 143, with select and silage fed steers 90 to 131. Cows are 65 to 87, bulls are 79 to 103, butcher hogs are 60 to 79, sows are 37 to 41.5, boars are 15 and down. Shorn market lambs are 130 to 136. Feeder lambs are 112 and a half to 310. Ewes are 75 to 115. Small goats are 75 to 130 dollars. Medium goats are 100 to 260 dollars. Large goats are 110 to 440 dollars. With nanny goats at 230 to 310 dollars. We'll slide right on over to our futures markets. See if I drop all my papers here. Those markets are looking upward and doing some gains. So our live cattle futures for February, 157.75, up 97.5. For April, 161.52.5, up 85 cents. For June, 157.45, up 90 cents. And our feeder cattle for January, 183.62.5, up 92.5 cents. March, 186.30 up 65 cents. April 190.62 and a half up 80 cents. And May 194 and a half up 97 and a half cents. And sliding on over to our hog carcasses. February 80, 80. That's up 52 and a half cents. April 90, 80 up a dollar 15. May 97.75 up a dollar and a quarter. And June 106.45 up a dollar 75. And we're going to look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn, those markets are heading downwards a little bit for the trend for the months that I saw. For corn for March, 6.50 down two and a half cents. Oats, 3.40 up a penny. Soybeans for March, those markets were heading downward also. For March, fourteen seventy-eight down two cents. Soybean meal, four hundred sixty-six dollars a ton, down three and a half cents. Wheat for March, eight sixteen down twelve and a half cents. That's quite a quite a downfall on that one. And our dairy markets, barrels, and the dairy markets seem to take a bounce back for. Uh, according to the markets that I found on the DTN. So, barrels, 182.5, up a dime. 40-pound blocks, 219 and three quarters, up 14 and a half cents. And our gray AA butter, 242, up three and three quarters. And our class three milk futures, they all took quite a jump, and they're, according to the markets, they're headed upwards through the end of the year. So, January, 1970, up 39, 39 cents. February, up 56 cents to 1950. March, 1871, up 27 cents. April, 1883, up 18 cents. 
and May up a dime to 19.10. And as I said, those markets are showing some promise as of today of heading upward. So that's a good thing for the dairy farmers. Maybe all my cheese eating is having an effect. We're going to be doing a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Christy Allen and the St. Croix Alliance. She talks about eating local and making that connection between the consumers and the producers so you know where your food is coming from. We seem to hear more about trying to make that connection between producers, consumers, and really getting the word out of where your food comes from. Well, I caught up with Christy Allen, and she is part of St. Croix Valley Food Alliance. Tell me why this idea came about and what you guys do. Yeah, so the idea came about uh, because the group of us that are part of Wisconsin Farmers Union wanted to reach our local community with the direct farm products that we're producing in both Polk and Burnett counties. And so what we did was got together and talked about how we could make that happen the most effective way. Um, we're still pretty new, but we launched, we had a launch party at a local farm and we fed everybody with food from the farms that members of this alliance. And, um, and then we created a website um, and some some merchandise, got some swag with a logo um, to create a more or less a brand that can people a recognizable brand that says, "Hey, I know there are these farmers that are producing these products. They're doing it in a way that um, they're worried about soil health and water quality, and so the consumer can pick from this list of farmers and products and do their own." homework but know what we stand for as a group Uh, and so on that website you can find all the members and where they sell their products Um, we also started the first winter farmers market in our area at a local we partnered with a local nursery so we'll have our last winter market that we planned at the end of the year Um, and we're super excited about these markets they've they've been successful and our community uh, the response has been really positive and wonderful so what kind of products are included in the st croix valley food alliance products included in the st croix valley food alliance come from 30 we have 31 farmers it's anywhere from honey maple syrup uh, apples cider uh, vegetables, all sorts of meat, lamb, goat, um, beef, poultry, and value-added products as well. So soaps, other items from those animal byproducts. Does a farmer producer have to do anything special to become part of the St. Croix Valley Alliance? At this point, the the farmer, to become a member of the Food Alliance, um, they really just have to provide information about their farm. And then the consumer can choose based on what the farmer is offering. What else is unique about the Alliance? One of the things that's unique about the, the St. Croix Valley Food Alliance is we're asking not only farmers to become members, but also community members. So the, the average 
consumer can sign up and become a member um, for a very minimal annual fee. And then we will uh, reward that fee with um, uh, information about the farms, a newsletter, and we're working on some other incentives um, as well as within the business community. So so business owners, restaurants, or grocery stores, um, or even this nursery that we're working with, landscaping company, that says, hey, we, we really want these farms to exist. We see the value and recognize that we exist in the same local economy. Um, really, the goal is to keep the money in the community and continue to create markets for more farmers because we see... The, uh, the issues we're facing is that farmers are aging out and we need to provide opportunities for younger farmers to take over. Where can we find out more information? So to find out more information on the St. Croix Valley Food Alliance, we have a website that's www.scvfoodalliance.org. Um, we can also be found on Facebook and Instagram. Find out more about the St. Croix Valley Food Alliance and what they have to offer. Thank you, Christy Allen, for taking some time. And I'm Joe Welke. And that I found very interesting to, you know, it's getting another chance to match things together. Well, we better get through some more chores. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Ag Country is going to sponsor some of our farm news. And we'll get into some more farm news a little bit later, but we're going to do one story here. Fed cattle markets finished last week higher compared to the last week of 2022, according to the DADCAP Weekly Livestock Market Update. Prices continued to go higher as the week went along, with the wholesale beef prices continuing to be strong. Choice beef cutout finished $13.90 higher than the final week of 2022. Beef demand has been impressive, impressive, even with the higher retail prices. Some of the increased prices could be linked to the number of beef harvested last week. An estimated 547,000 head were processed last week, 15,000 fewer than the week before, but 23,000 more than the same week, 2021. We've got to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Charity and the Dairy Together program. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Growth management, not supply management. That's the ultimate goal of the Dairy Together program of the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Charity, you had a chance to talk to some of those Farmers Union folks about that dairy program and what they want to see happen in dairy. That's right, Bob. And their big conversations right now are actually about the 2023 Farm Bill, as it presents a critical opportunity to revitalize the dairy industry after years of depressed milk prices and record farm loss. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. The Dairy Together Coalition of Farmers and Industry Stakeholders is advocating for the Dairy Revitalization Plan. Bobby Wilson, the Wisconsin Farmers Union Dairy Together Program Coordinator, shares more about what the plan is and how it's going to help create a viable industry moving forward. 
The Dairy Revitalization Plan is a proposal for a national dairy growth management program that essentially just coordinates the growth in milk production among all dairy farmers so that we can stabilize milk prices and improve those prices for everybody in the industry. How does that help create a viable industry, that revitalization plan? And secondly, what does a viable industry even look like? I'm sure it probably changes depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, I'm sure different people have different ideas of what a viable industry looks like, but I think for us at Wisconsin Farmers Union and through this Dairy Together project, we see a viable dairy industry as one that has stability and profitability for family farmers. And when I say stability, I mean stability in the number of farmers who are participating, and that's not what we're seeing right now. We've been seeing years of record farm loss, up to 10% of our dairy farms going out of business in a single year. That to us is not an indication of a viable or resilient dairy industry, and that's something that we want to change through this dairy revitalization plan. We want to make sure that farmers have more money in their pockets, more money to spend in their rural communities, that they can actually make a living doing the thing that they love. And in addition to the impact on farmers, we feel there's a real social benefit to creating better stability in the industry for environmental reasons, conservation reasons, for the impact on rural economies, for our food security. Because right now, as these farms are going out of business and the farms that are left are getting much bigger, what we see is fewer farms of much larger larger size spread out further across the country. And that puts us in a really risky position when it comes to food security or biosecurity risks. If there's a disease outbreak on a very large farm and that represents a large percentage of total milk production, that is a major risk that we're taking to food production. And coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw what happens when we have a highly consolidated agricultural industry and there's some sort of a shock to that system. That's what causes empty shelves in the grocery store. That's what creates these supply chain disruptions that we saw during COVID. And we feel that taking a lesson from COVID and taking steps now to diversify food production and processing in more places across the country will put us in a better position if and when another shock to the system comes along down the road. So what is the goal of this plan? I know you kind of touched on that, but what are the goals specifically to moving forward that you guys have set? And what do the steps look like to be able to accomplish them? Well, the overall goal is to include a growth management program in the 2023 Farm Bill. And we're using the dairy revitalization plan as an example of how growth management could work in the United States. This has been developed over a long process. There was a committee that was convened by the University of Wisconsin Center for Integrated Agricultural Systems that really pulled together the people and the uh, economists to look at this proposal and to dial in some of the details of what this could look like. So now what we have is a proposal that has an economic analysis that shows that it would improve prices, it would improve net farm operating income for farm farmers of all sizes, and it would reduce government expenditures because farmers would be getting a fair price from the marketplace rather than needing to rely so heavily on programs like dairy margin coverage, for example. So the goal is really to include this in the farm bill. We're not saying that we need to replace risk management programs like DMC, but it would save a lot of money on those programs. And, you know, there are other options that could work too, but we're putting this forward as our best idea of what could work to bring better balance and stability in the industry. And uh, we hope that legislators will take this seriously. I also just want to mention that in 2014, there was significant effort put into uh, including a growth management program in the farm bill, and we didn't do it, couldn't get it through. And what happened the year after? The price bottomed out, and we entered a five-year dairy crisis. That is what sparked this whole Dairy Together project that we've been working on in the first place. We had five years of depressed milk prices, accelerated rates of farm loss, and right now, milk prices are a little 
little bit better, but I believe that if we let the 2023 Farm Bill pass us by without taking action, we are walking directly into another dairy crisis, and we will be kicking ourselves for not learning our lesson in 2014. So speaking of legislature, what are you hearing for feedback from them? Does this plan have their support? Now, obviously, it's a long year ahead to get to that point to actually having it put into the 2023 Farm Bill, but what are your steps and what does that feedback look like? I will say that when we first started this project in 2018, supply management was mostly the term that was being used, and it was kind of a dirty word. It was hard to talk about in the industry. It was hard to talk about with members of Congress. Dairy was kind of this hot potato that nobody really wanted to touch because it was complicated. It was controversial. But now I think because of the lessons that we've learned with COVID, because of what we've seen with consolidation in the beef industry and elsewhere in other agricultural sectors, this makes sense now, that there's something to connect it to, that this is part of what we should be doing to create a more stable and resilient industry across all of agriculture. So I will say that it is much easier to talk about this. It makes sense to people and that we're seeing a lot more support in Congress than we ever have before. But we need more of that and we need more champions both within the industry and in Congress to step up and say, we know we have the research that shows that this will benefit dairy farmers, it'll benefit the industry overall and to push this thing forward. That's really what we need to do next. Can you talk about what trends or past things happened that made this such an issue? One thing that's happening is the prices, both low prices and prices that fluctuate wildly that make it really difficult for dairy farmers to manage their business and plan ahead. I mean, when you look at the milk prices that farmers have received over the last 10 years, they swing wildly from as much as $26 down to $13. And if you can imagine any other job where it would be the case, where you would go to work every day doing the exact same job, and some years you make $15 an hour and some years you make 7 that would never work. Nobody would accept that. But yet that's what dairy farmers have been going through for decades now. And that's really what needs to change. That's a big part of this issue. And the result of it is rapid consolidation. There's a 2020 USDA report called Consolidation in the Dairy Industry that shows that the rate of consolidation in dairy significantly outpaces that in other agricultural sectors. So that's where the fight is right now. Dairy farmers are really teetering on the edge. And the 2023 Farm Bill could make or break what the future of the dairy industry looks like in the United States. And I guess that's really the question for all of us is what kind of future do we want to see? Do we want to live in a world where we have just a handful of extremely large farms that are producing all of our milk? Or do we want to have a diversified network of farms that are operating at different scales of production using different techniques, different methods, and providing food closer to those points where the food is actually being processed and consumed? And I think that that second option puts us in a much stronger position than the first option. A lot of co-ops are already handling some of these issues on their own. Why is it needed for you guys to step up and take this to the national level versus co-ops just handling it on their own? I think that the cooperatives that market milk in the United States are recognizing the uh, the benefits of managing the growth within their individual co-ops and they've been implementing two-tiered pricing systems or base excess plans to help curb some of the overproduction or overcapacity in milk within their own plants. And that's great. The problem with that is that it's happening in kind of a a piecemeal fashion where some co-ops in some parts of the country are limiting their members' milk and other places they're ramping it up. So the ones that are ramping it up are kind of neutralizing any sort of possible price benefit that would come from limiting or holding back on some of that overproduction. And that was Bobby Wilson with the Dairy Together program and her take on, you know, revitalizing the dairy pro- the dairy production 
and the milk out there. Here we are. We're at 5.30, so I've got to get my chores done. We're going to be hearing from Rocky from Premier Livestock next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As promised, I've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock on the line. And um, so what's the weather? Is the weather doing anything over there? No. No, it's nice and quiet. We like it that way. Oh, I do too. And you know, we're above our normal temps, so I'm liking that all the more. Yep. Well, it's been all right. All right. So what's been happening over at Premier? Uh, thank you, Jill. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, yesterday's auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. Uh, did sell over 1,100 head of livestock yesterday. Markets are uh, trending strong throughout. Uh, fed cattle traded uh, steady to strong. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 136 to 149. Selects uh, low choice, 125 to 135. Your choice beef steers and heifers, 145 to 158. Market cows traded stronger. High-yielding cows from 85 to 95. Most cows traded 65 to 84. Uh, market bulls high-yielding 90 to $1.05. Lower-yielding lightweight 89 and down. Uh, organic market cows sold every Monday, mostly from 80 to $1.15. Uh, calf market was strong yesterday. Newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from 100 to 235 per head. Uh, beef calves 150 to 385. Holstein heifer calves 10 to 50. Uh, today, Tuesday, we've got a regular feeder cattle auction at 11 o'clock a.m. Keep in mind, next week, Tuesday, will be our special feeder cattle auction, bread beef cow auction. Uh, expecting a big run of feeder cattle. Uh, got to be complete beef herd uh, bred cows for that sale also. Uh, this Wednesday, we're going to have a big dairy cattle auction. Don't forget, uh, we got our hay uh, auction every week at uh, 9.30. Dairy cattle auction starts at 11. We have a complete uh, herd dispersal of uh, 85 Holstein freestall cows, uh, also going to be some colored breed cows in that herd. we got lots of reputation loads of them top-end, fancy two- and three-year-olds. Uh, we also have a very nice run of some high-quality Holstein spring and heifers. Lots more information on those sales. Uh, got pictures on our website. Check that out at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us anytime, uh, 715-229-2500. We're out in the country every day looking at livestock. If you'd like us to take a look at yours, uh, give us a call. Keep in mind, we do move cattle, uh, private treaty, farm-to-farm sales uh, daily as well. And uh, don't forget, uh, March uh, 24th, that'll be our spring machinery auction. Call us with any questions, consignments for that auction, and that's the way it's shaped up, Jill. And you move out and about in the countryside. It's kind of nice when it's 31 degrees instead of 30 it, below, isn't it? It is. It is. And if the snow ain't blowing and it ain't icy, yeah, it's great. <laughs> so. All right. Well, you have a great day. You too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. And um, I'm sliding the thing up. I'm sliding the slide up for Mike. Is Mike ready? I see he's not on TV. Mike's on the mic. Mike, you're always ready for me, aren't you? I'm always ready to talk weather, Jill. You know that. <laughs> well, and I've been noticing that we're a little warmer than what we really should be. Oh, absolutely. This is something that you don't typically see going into the second week of January when well, it's really one of the coldest times of the year. Our average high should be in the low 20s, and we're starting off the morning into the low 30s, and we do have some fog at the moment, and 
We are expecting the temperatures to drop just a couple degrees going into the morning, but mostly uh, remaining stagnant uh, into the upper 20s and low 30s through a good bit of the day. Now going into tonight, we'll have some cloud cover hanging around that may lead to a few chances at some snow showers, possibly a little bit of freezing rain mixed in as well through the overnight as we dip into the upper 20s. And we'll have that freezing fog again hanging around into tomorrow, potentially into the latter half of the morning yet again. Otherwise, mainly cloudy, mid-30s for our highs, mid-20s for our overnight lows under a mostly cloudy sky for Thursday night, or excuse me, for Wednesday night. And then we stay quiet going into the rest of the work week, into the weekend as well. Mainly cloudy for Thursday with highs into the low 30s, possibly a few flurries as a storm tracks well off towards our south. Cool it off a little bit on Friday and Saturday into the mid to upper 20s with a partly sunny sky. And then more clouds roll in going into Sunday, but warmer into the mid-30s. Then Martin Luther King Day does bring us a chance at a little bit of rain mixed in with some snow with our highs into the mid-30s. And at the moment, we do have that fog outside and a temperature of 31 degrees in Eau Claire. And we're not going to get a lot of movement on our temperature today, are we? Nope. Essentially remaining stagnant. Yeah, I'm good with that. 31 is nice. Yeah, for January 10th, I think we'll all take that. Absolutely. Well, you have a great day. You too, Jill. And that was Mike Dandria from our TV 13 and uh, we're going to slide on over and hear from Morgan and the local news. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. We start with headlines that keep us pretty local to us with a familiar case in the courts and no movement in Lily Peters' murder case until summer. The judge in the case yesterday turned down a request from the DA's office to move the hearing on whether the suspect in the case should be tried as an adult from August until June. The suspect's lawyer says he cannot move the case up on his schedule. Once the juvenile uh, court hearing is done, it will likely be several more months then before the case actually goes to trial. Lily Peters was assaulted and killed last April. In other headlines, a new jury is hearing evidence against a Kenosha County man who was originally convicted of killing his wife in 1998. The Wisconsin Supreme Court ordered a new trial for Mark Jansen back in 21 and banned prosecutors from using a letter from his dead wife that said Jansen should be the suspect if anything ever happened to her. That letter was key in the first trial. Jansen's second trial started in Kenosha yesterday. His first trial lasted seven weeks. Prosecutors hope to wrap up the second trial in four or five. As we looked at other headlines across the state. We land on the political stage as a constitutional amendment to reform cash bail in Wisconsin could be on the ballot this spring. State Senator Van Wangard is the author who proposed an amendment that would allow judges to consider the severity of the crime when setting bail. Sounds like this. We passed this last legislative session and it was, you know, a uh, overwhelming majority. Uh, It wasn't unanimous, but it was an overwhelming majority in both houses. And so I don't see us not getting that those same numbers are better this time. Amendments to the state constitution must pass two consecutive legislative sessions before going to voters. Well, we look a little bit closer to our own backyard. You've heard the grass is greener on the other side, but could it possibly be longer in May? The city is considering that no mow May resolution. The idea, maybe let that grass and specifically some of the flowers and veg grow to give bees and other bugs, pollinators, birds, that kind of thing, a chance to spread pollen. Now, no mow May has caught on in recent years in other areas, 
Madison, for example, as well. But here in Eau Claire, City Council member Joshua Miller says it's completely voluntary, but he does hope Eau Claire adopts the idea. It'll come up for a vote before the City Council in a couple of weeks. Speaking of, Governor Evers says no to a flat tax and universal school choice. The governor on Upfront over the weekend said he won't sign a budget that includes either plan because they're bad for the state budget. We look at both sides so you can decide. Republicans who will write the next state budget are huge supporters of both tax cuts and school choice. Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemmy, who said he wants to move Wisconsin to a flat tax. On the other side of the aisle, the governor delivers his budget plan next month. Then lawmakers get to work on their plan after that. And the Mickey gets back to the trap or the office, depending on how you look at it in Disney. Starting March 1st, hybrid Disney employees must return to corporate offices four days a week. CEO Bob Iger told employees in an email on Monday that employees must return to the office. He stressed the importance and value of collaboration in person. The new policy comes less than two months after Iger returned to the head position at the company. During the pandemic, many companies like Disney opted for work-from-home or hybrid work models to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Jordan Christmas. NBC News Radio. And depending on your definition of the happiest place on earth, we leave Disney and go right back to the barn with Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here's some more farm news sponsored by Ag Country Credit Services. A major milestone in recognition of Corn Belt ports happened just last month. The Waterborne Commerce Statistics Center approved the Northern Grain Belt ports, Wisconsin and Minnesota, application to be federally recognized as a port statistical area. What that means is the port above Lock and Dam 10 on the Mississippi River which borders seven Wisconsin counties and four Minnesota counties, is listed as a U.S. principal port that has economic value to the nation and to the world. The prediction for the Northern Grain Belt port is it's listing as a top 100 U.S. ports based on the amount of product shipped from the port, a similar ranking to the port of Miami. The Northern Grain Belt port is the fourth and final regional port to be added to the Corn Belt ports within the Upper Mississippi River and the Illinois Waterway Lock and Dam System. That's great news, and it really goes to show you how much grain and product goes down the Mississippi River, and it's going to be federally recognized. And a lot of times I talk about things that are up and coming and happening, but I'm going to look a little back at the Wisconsin Junior Hosting Association Convention that was held over the weekend in Manitowoc. The busy gathering is made up of competitions from essay contests, photo contests, quiz bowls, and selection of distinguished junior members. And way back in the day, I actually went to the Wisconsin Junior Hosting Association Convention, state conventions. We learned a lot, and I even ended up a distinguished junior member. And that's pretty, uh, it's great to see the tradition of the Hosting Association continuing. And a little bit more information, Clark County had a total of 31 people, members and parents, in attendance. And those Clark County members made up four junior quiz bowl teams with one team placing sixth out of 33 teams. And boy, that's a tough competition. Members from our area receiving first place for their entries include Tanny Luchterhand with a photo, 
And Erica, and I'm going to apologize before I try your last name, Erica Slenkow for her trifold display. Distinguished Junior Member Awards were given to members from our area, Courtney Glenna from Amory and Madeline Hensel from Pittsville. In the Young Distinguished Junior Member category, members from our area, Jaron Beggart, Nielsville, and Ella Ratz Colby each brought home the honor. Madeline Hensel from Pittsville was also elected to the new district, Northwest District Junior Activities Committee. And the Activities Committee is kind of like the um, officers for the Junior Hosting Association, and they they take on a big leadership role. And when I was talking about upcoming events and grain, there is a grain marketing series today on Tuesday. Started, registration starts at 10.30, meeting starts at 11 o'clock with a noon lunch. And the meeting will resume again at 1, and that's at the Melrose American Legion in Melrose. And the PDPW, the series is happening. It uh, airs every day from noon till 1 o'clock. Live and today, they're talking about the housing of calves. So go to www.pdpw.org to find out more. And if you can't be there for the airing from noon to 1 o'clock, it is recorded so you can find out the information a little later to your convenience. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be heading over to markets. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to head on down. It is, oh, it is 14 minutes before 6 o'clock, 31 degrees out there. And we're going to head on down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eamon. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice beef steers and heifers 155 to 164. The Choice and Select beef steers and heifers 144 to 154. The Dairy Cross steers 137 to 152. The Highland Choice Holstein steers 138 to 145. Topping at 149. Choice and Select Holstein steers 127 to 137 with unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 126 and down. Cow market steady with the Highland cows 72 to 82. Topping at 85.50. The cutters and utilities 56 to 71 with a low yielding and canner cows 55 and down organic market today with results from the january 9th sale with most organic cows bringing 102 to 117 the thin and small cows 81 to 101 with the organic steers and heifers bringing 115 to 130 bull market steady with most bulls bringing 85 to 95 with the thin full and bulls over a ton discounted at 84 and down calves today sold by the pound with a steady to stronger market with 80 percent of the whole team bull calves bringing from 110 to 2 bucks. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 60 cents. The quality beef calves, 210 to 340. With the light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, January 11th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Amber to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line, and he's given me a great idea of redecorating. I said, you'll be have no idea what I'll have in Bob's office when he gets back. Well, good morning to you, Jill. So 
just uh, do something really uh, kind of off the wall. So, you know, Bob has takes him about two weeks to adjust to it. <laughs> well, he'll he'll be just adjusted. Then he's heading back to Cal or then he's heading to California. So we'll just get him in there, get him adjusted. Then he'll be gone again. Yeah, well, maybe you could bring a, a set of luggage in there, and he wouldn't have to go back home all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like that's a little bit about what we do here. So what's been yep. happening up at the market in Stratford, Jerry? Uh, well, Jill will tell the folks about that. A very good morning to everyone, and Jill, thank you. Summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market, the steady cow market yesterday. High-yielding Holstein cows selling from 75 to 85. Most of the cows uh, yesterday and the past week have been selling from 55 to 75. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 52. On the bull market, the better quality bulls from 92 to 107. Lighter weight bulls below 90. On the uh, calf market yesterday, good quality Holstein bull calves on a strong trend. And they're selling from 100 up to 225. Heifer calves, a little better demand yesterday, 30 to 90. Your good quality beef calves from 175 to 345. And we'll update the fed cattle market uh, after tomorrow's sale. Most of our fed cattle are sold on Wednesdays. But we are at Tuesday here at Stratford today, so we start at uh, uh, 10 o'clock this morning with the hay and bedding auction. Folks, we have a nice selection of hay today, including small squares. So if you guys are looking for some small squares of uh, grassy hay, we'll have that for today. That'll be 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock will be the market auction today. We sell organic market cow, organic market cattle along with the regular conventional cattle today, again, at 11 o'clock. Our auction tomorrow starts at 10 o'clock with the uh, full marketing day, including the fed cattle, like I mentioned, and also feeder cattle sale will be at 12.30 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. We have a very nice selection of Black Angus cattle for that sale tomorrow. So, young folks, if you got cattle to consign, let us know, 687-4101, and we'll put them on the consignment list. And, Jill, I guess with that, we'll turn it back to you. Sounds like a plan. And considering the uh, average high for this time in January is 23 degrees and we're already at 28, not too bad. I think it's fabulous. I wouldn't mind calving uh, cows at this temperature. Well, a little early in the year for that, though, because we still are only in January 10th. you got to remember that. Oh, I know. Well, we're going to yeah. start coming in here. We figured it out about the, uh, towards the end of February, so... Okay, well, and you've got good setup anyway, so they're probably not going to the middle of the field. Somewhere, so. No, we keep them in the shed. There you go. All right, Joe, we'll talk tomorrow morning. Have a nice day. You as well. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We've got a few more chores to do, but we're going to swing on over and look at our Chicago Board of Trade markets. Corn. March corn is at six fifty down two and a half cents. Oats for March is at three forty up a penny. Soybeans for March is at fourteen seventy eight down two cents. Soybean meal is at four hundred sixty six dollars a ton down three and a half cents. Wheat for March is at eight sixteen down twelve and a half cents. And our country elevator prices, which is sponsored by Northside Northside Grain, and we're going to start out with our Northside Grain loyal cash. Prices is at five ninety five for their corn and fourteen oh seven for soybeans. At the north side loyal location or Arcadia location, corn is at six fourteen with soybeans at fourteen oh nine. Golden Plump in Arcadia six twenty four. Baldwin six oh seven and fourteen oh six. Duran five ninety eight for their corn and fourteen dollars for soybeans. Mondovi six oh nine and fourteen oh five. Elmwood six oh seven and fourteen ten. Fall Creek, 
589 and 1385. Osseo, 612 for corn and 1410 for soybeans. Elk Mound, 1498 and 1404 for soybeans. Sparta, 599 and 1414 for soybeans. Ellsworth, 578 and 1356. Wheat and grain of Chippewa Falls. Location is at 595 for corn and 1423 for soybeans at the Connorsville location. 595 for corn and 1413 for soybeans. At our ethanol plants, Boyceville's at 624, Stanley's at 612, New Richmond's at 609. And our dairy markets, they took a big jump yesterday for cheese barrels, 182.5 up a dime. Our 40 pound blocks, that's up 14.5 cents. To two nineteen and three quarters, our gray double A butter was up three and three quarters to two forty two. Our class three milk futures for January nineteen seventy up thirty nine cents. February up a whopping fifty six cents to nineteen fifteen. March eighteen seventy one up twenty seven cents. April up eighteen cents to eighteen eighty three, and May nineteen ten up a dime. And that market is showing upwards to the end of the year. Let's get a few more chores done. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And one last look at our weather for this Tuesday morning. We should be holding steady for our temperature. Eau Claire, we're sitting at 31 and our high today is 31. It's not a lot of movement. Partly sunny tonight. 26, tomorrow 34, with a chance of rain slash snow early, tomorrow night 25, Thursday 28 and breezy, Friday 25, mostly sunny, Saturday 30, partial sun, and Sunday 34 and partial sun. And that's what I have for you for the farm show this morning. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other, and have a great day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.